Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 5, Episode 13, called Seven Short Shares. In this episode, I talk about AI-created maps, charging your devices without cables, a couple of Chrome extensions for productivity, animated GIFs, manga, and, of course, Wordle. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. I stayed up all night wondering where the sun went, and then it dawned on me. Hey there, listeners. Uh, For anyone that's new out there, my name is Jen Giffen. I am the host of this podcast, Shooks and Giff, where uh, we talk about ed tech. Well, we've this today being me. I'm I'm flying solo again. No host or co-host rather with me. I, uh, I didn't have time to, to get something together. It's been a busy couple of weeks for a variety of reasons. We're all really busy and I almost didn't record, but then I thought, nope, no, I'm, I got on the wagon two weeks ago. I'm back I, and I want to do it again. So I found, how many do I have here? Like seven little things that I, I saw on the internet that I thought would be pretty cool that you might use in your personal life, that you might use in your professional life, that might help your students in some way. So let's get to it. Actually, before I get to it, I do want to note my sound. I probably sound a little bit different from from usual for those of you who are regular listeners. I forgot my mic at work. Um, and I was like I said, I was going to wait, but no, I wanted to stick with it. So I'm sorry if I sound a bit tinny. We'll probably pick up my kids in the background a little bit. They're downstairs. The doors are closed. But, you know, we'll try our best. So I apologize if this is a little bit more um, or less polished than usual. But this is how we're going to be today because I'm recording on my Bose headphones instead of on my Sure mic like usual. But without further ado, here are the shares this episode. Uh, the first thing that I found is called text to map. A text to map creates maps from texts using AI. And text can be like text messages, but any any real text. It's texttomap.com, pretty easy. Um, only one T in text to map. So T-E-X-T-O map, um, texttomap.com. And it's in beta right now. And it turns, like I said, text into maps in seconds. So I tried this out. So my husband is currently in New York City. And I said to him, well, where did you go today? And he texted me back and listed some places. So I copied his text message onto this or into this program. There is a little you know, text box. It says type or paste your text here. Or you can try their example. And basically it has looks. It looks for anything that's capitalized, anything that might be a place. It uses artificial intelligence, as I keep calling them, the gremlins inside the computer. And sure enough, as soon as I put in the places that he said he'd been, this map of Manhattan popped up with little markers, almost Google map looking, but not quite. I'm not sure what kind of map they use. And it showed me a pin of where he had been. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is cool. So I tried it again with some famous landmarks in Toronto. And the first time I did it, it didn't catch it. And I thought, oh, this isn't that great. Um, Then I realized I didn't capitalize him. So I said like the Hockey Hall of Fame, for example, and I didn't capitalize the H in hockey, H in hall and F in fame. As soon as I went back and corrected that, it did find them. So I love this for a variety of reasons. First of all, I love this for traveling. If, you know, if we're, I think people are starting to open up. I know my husband, that's the first time in two years that anyone in my family has left Canada. Gosh, it's the first time in two years we've left Ontario, I think. Um, and if someone sends you like, oh, you need to go here, here, and here, you could quickly come up with maps. So I love that. I love this from my English teacher perspective. If a kid is reading about 
something or a place that they'd never been or they're not familiar with, they'd be able to put that in and visually see how far things are. Same with like history or of course geography. I, I just think there's a lot of stuff that we can do here to help us build an understanding in something that's visual. Now, of course I could go into Google Maps and input all of them separately. But I like that this is you literally type out a paragraph or you could copy a paragraph right off text and put it in and it finds them for you automatically. I think this is a really cool tool, even just for personal uses. And again, that is text to map. The next thing I saw that I have not tried, but if you're listening to an education technology podcast, I'm going to assume that you're pretty techie and that you like um, to have devices. And I know my devices are constantly running out and I don't always have a plug, especially when I'm you know, not at work or close to home. Maybe I'm out on a field trip or maybe I'm with my kids at the baseball diamond. This is called Charge Over Air and it's chargeoverair.com and it allows you to charge your devices over air with no cables required. We knew this was coming, right? We saw this in sci-fi movies, so we knew eventually it would be here. It's technology that uses satellites that get powered from the sun. They have these big solar powers or so solar panels to power them. Then they use 5V waves, okay, this new frequency antenna that can send 5V electricity waves over the air, is what they say. And then it allows you to wirelessly charge any compatible smartphone. So any smartphone that can wirelessly charge, I, I assume it's the ones that you can put on those pads or whatnot, and you can get a charge. So there's a trial that works only in the US, in Europe and Turkey, um, that's free, and you can get 10% more charge. Well, of course, I'm in Canada, so I can't use it. I should have said, oh, maybe I'll send it to my husband in New York now and see if it works. Then you, you can get a 20% charge for $3, a 50% charge for $5, or a 100% charge for $10. Those last three work anywhere in the world. Um, the one for $10 even works underground, they say. And you're allowed up to two times use for the $10 one. And you can send them as a gift, which I think is a really cool thing too. If you know someone who's traveling and you're like, hey, you know, if you run out of power, here you go, here's 10 bucks towards whatever. I haven't tried it. I don't know what it's like. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. But if you're in a place where you're like, oh, shoot, what do I need? You're going to be like, oh, Jen Giffen told me this thing. It's called Charge Over Air. Give it a go. If you are in the States, you, my, my US listeners or my European or, or Turkish, I don't even know if I have listeners in Turkey. Can you try this for me and try the one that's $0? I want to see if it actually does it. And I want to know how long it takes because, again, I have no idea. It doesn't say it here, but I think it is so interesting. Brian Briggs, I'm looking at you. Try this out for me. I want to know if it works. Okay, that's charge over air. I was flabbergasted when I saw it. Not because I didn't think it was coming, but because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's already here. This is so awesome. Because there's been so many times that I've been traveling and I'm like, oh, I need 10% or I've, you know, I forgot my um, my charger at home and I'm at the track with my kid who's running, right? That, that happens. Okay. The next one was something that I found yesterday. Again, this is not for school because in your terms and conditions, by the way, of Netflix, this is a, this is an, an Chrome, a Chrome extension for Netflix. In your terms and conditions for Netflix, it specifically says that you cannot play to an audience. So teachers who are using Netflix in their classroom, librarian here, I gotta tell you, it's super illegal. You don't want to be doing that. Rumor has it that there was a school district somewhere in the U.S. that got charged like $250,000 because they understood that they hadn't blocked Netflix. And so Netflix wanted to make an example and went after them. I don't know if that's an old wives tale. We should get like Snopes or whatever that website is on it. Um, but anyway, 
Yesterday, I was um, making cookies. I often do a lot of cooking and baking over the weekend, especially with my kids, because it keeps them, you know, from fighting with one another. And so William, who you heard in a few episodes ago, was my co-host. And I decided that we would make cookies. I made peanut butter cookies, and he made this new recipe. He called them mini honey sinnies or something like that. He put this, like, cinnamon honey that we have in a regular cookie mix and they were actually they're pretty good they're pretty good so he wrote out the recipe for his grandmother which was hilarious my mom loved it at any rate this uh chrome extension is for netflix and yesterday when i was baking and my hands are crazy i was also not not with william once he had gone and i was finishing up the cookies was watching ozark and i say that because anyone who's watched ozark would wonder why i would be watching that program with a nine-year-old i am not um so i'm watching ozark and I'm realizing like, oh, I want to hit pause on my computer or things, but my hands are filthy. So I'm trying to like, you know, do it with my elbows, whatever, because I don't want to mess up my computer. And lo and behold, last night after the kids were in bed and I was continuing to watch Ozark, I realized, or as I'm going through and doing some research for tonight's or for today's podcast, I saw this Chrome extension called Freeze. And what it does, you you install Freeze on your computer, and when you're playing Netflix, it will you turn it on and activates your webcam. And it has a range for this webcam that if you make certain signs with your right hand, it performs certain actions. So if I'm you know baking or cooking, whatever, or if I'm far away, or if I don't have a remote, I'm lying in bed and I'm being lazy, and I want it to freeze. For example, you put your hand up like you're going to give someone a high five, so flat hand. And then when it detects it, this like little yellow circle pops up just at the very top of your screen, right below where your webcam is. And you make a fist and it pauses. And then if you want it to unpause, you go up and do the same thing, flat hand to fist and it unpauses. You can do volume. You can do, um, what were the other ones that it does? It does, volume was the one, these are the ones that I wanted. I wanted pause, I wanted volume and I wanted, oh shoot, there was one more. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. There we go. Oh, mute, you can also mute. Sorry, mute is the fist is mute. Pause is like the um, rock and roll or I love you sign if you're um, ASL. So your your pinky finger, your pointer finger and your thumb, that will pause. Mute is your, is your fist. Volume up and down you can do um, by taking your fingers, your pointer finger and your middle finger and putting them together and then separating them to go uh, like higher and bringing them together to go lower and then it shows your detection zone as well it's sort of the, the top half of your computer and in a bit from the sides it's really cool and it totally worked now I say totally worked there were a few times I was sitting really close to my computer at the time and I found that I had to pull my hand back so you need to watch that but it will detect it if you're a person who watches a lot of Netflix or such on your computer when your hands are busy elsewhere then this might be an add-on or sorry an extension for Chrome for you freeze freeze the other chrome extension that i found that i thought was pretty cool is called hide and hide will just do that it hides content on a web page what it showed me was twitter so i love twitter although i haven't i haven't been as active lately on twitter as i normally am but i love twitter i love to go on twitter and look at things but then i start seeing those notifications on the side and then i forget why i went to twitter to look at something else or to you know respond to people and I start to see those and then I go there and I forget why I'm initially there. Did you know, sidebar, that there's scientific fact and, and sort of research has gone into why when we walk into a room, we forget things. And it's something about your eyes when you walk through a door frame sense danger because of that change. And your brain automatically does this like flight or fight mode. 
And that is why you forget things. Now I'm, I'm simplifying it like crazy, but apparently it's like a scientific reasoning behind why we forget things. And it has to do with your brain sensing danger. So sidebar back, back to Hyde. What Hyde does is you can turn this extension on, on any website and click on parts of the website and it will hide that part of the website. So I went to Twitter, I turned on the Hyde, and then I just clicked the notifications button and then it disappeared. It was no longer on the page. So that badge there and all that. So maybe it's your inbox. You don't want to see how many emails have come in. Maybe it's, um, you don't want to see something about, you know, new for you recommendations on YouTube. You can hide them. And then you simply go to the hide button on your, um, you know, where all your Chrome extensions are, be it in the puzzle piece or if you've pinned them. And you can unhide those afterwards. So if you want some focused time on a site that normally gives you a lot of distractions because of aspects of that site, hide extension might be for you. Okay. The next one that I want to do comes from Jonathan Wiley. Jonathan Wiley, I've talked about it before, um, is the co-host of the EdTech Takeout. And he has, they do, um, they do uh, like tech nuggets, which are little inspirations like, like this, right? Things that, hey, here's something that might be useful to you. And he has a, um, a newsletter that comes out every Monday. Subscribe to it. Watch out because I subscribed and then I realized that my confirmation went into my spam. So if you subscribe and you don't get the confirmation because it's acquired, I get these. Make sure you check your spam and whitelist him. So Jonathan has these tech nugget newsletters that come out every Monday. And in the one last week, he talked about something called, I think it's Sergif, S-E-R-G-I-F is I think how you say it. And it allows you to record short GIFs with your camera and then share them with people. If you've ever had, and then I was like, if you've ever seen that uh, website, it's virtually the same as that. But sometimes, you know, you're writing an email and you want the perfect GIF. And for me, I'm really careful about the gifts that I choose because I don't want to be like, you know, I, I don't want to be racist, quite frankly. You know, I don't want to constantly use, if you look at how certain um, cultures or certain genders or certain sexual orient people with certain sexual orientations are depicted in the media that's reinforced in these gifts. And I don't want to do that. So for example, you'll never find me using a GIF with a black person in it. I stopped that practice maybe a year and a half, two years ago after uh, reading about, you know, how that's basically digital blackface. And I thought, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't need to do this. I can find animals. I can find white people, especially white women is what I'll use because that's how I identify. And I'll use those instead. And it's just a, a sort of a conscious effort that I make, but wouldn't it be even better if you could just use yourself? So let's say you're irritated. You can go to this Sergif website and have you like rolling your eyes and create your own. So if I'm typing an email and I want to insert eye roll GIF, it could just be me instead, which I think is, is pretty cool. And it's the, the website for this one is a little bit different. Um, so make sure you check out the show notes at shooksandgift.com, but it's surgif.ultirequiem.com. So U-L-T-I-R-E. Q-U-I-E-M, but if you're driving or wherever, you're probably not going to be able to write that down. Check the show notes. Really fun, really easy to use, and records these short gifts. Really fun to do, I think, from an education standpoint as well, is to have students respond. You know, maybe you're doing a social-emotional check-in with students. Maybe you're having them do a um, some sort of reader response, and they could respond with, you know, paragraphs, but also create their own gift to go with it. 
kids love gifts and it's a really fast, easy way to be able to get out emotions. Maybe they make their own and you're dissecting how people are feeling. Like maybe you're a phys ed teacher and you're doing a health unit. I think there's a lot that you can do with gifts and, and definitely something that could be, could be used in the classroom. Then next and the, the penultimate share comes from Eric Kurtz. He has, he also has a really great um, newsletter that comes out in his most recent one. He's holding a snake. And I, I actually texted him and I was like, okay, until I read the caption of that, I was really scared that you were like just picking up snakes on hikes, but he wasn't, he was not, he was being safe. Read, read his newsletter. He talks about it, but he shares a lot of what he's put out. And he's a, he's a massive sharer. He's like, he gives so much to teachers for free. It's amazing. But he also says what he's taken in. So cool things he's seen on the internet, much like I'm doing right now. So I will take the cool thing that Eric saw that he, told all of us about in his newsletter and share it with you. It's called Manga Out of the Box, and it comes to you from Google Arts and Culture. Every time I say Google Arts and Culture, for those who used to be a Google Teacher podcast listener, you hear the Google Arts and Culture, like Matt Miller says, it makes me laugh. So you have Manga Out of the Box, and it talks about what manga is. It allows you to create your own manga character. It gives you the history of manga. The birthplace you can go on these like tours of different places you can see manga art and how it's come over time you can look at the um, manga as the phenomenon that it is and what's like it started as these you know books if you don't know what manga is you might know them as graphic novels you may know anime my understanding is anime is when manga becomes actual like on television live action versus manga is just on the page like a comic book my students love manga. I actually, in our library, spent, oh gosh, I want to say I'm upwards of $2,000 this year on manga. I started asking students what they like, and I've been buying a lot of books, but noticing that my circulation since COVID hasn't been as high. I thought, hmm, okay, well, I, I don't want to just buy a bunch of, of books that they might read for independent study or that they might enjoy. So I've, I've switched a lot to fantasy because that's what my students are reading. But then I started to realize that a lot of them really love manga. So I bought manga. My library exploded. I would put it on social media. Kids would race down at lunchtime to get out the new um, Juju Kaizen or uh, what else? Or Naruto or Comey um, Can't Communicate. I have a whole bunch that I bought. And they have gone like hotcakes. They're a really quick borrow. They go out for a couple of days and they come back. I've had students I've never seen before in my learning commons come in and start talking to me. But oh miss, and then there's this one. So I bought my first thousand dollars, and then with all the hype, I actually just put out a whiteboard and I said, "Hey, here's something. Uh, here, here's something I want to buy more of. What do you suggest?" And I got a list of dozens of different title suggestions. So I, you know, vetted them all and and bought virtually all of them. And I love that because we have now we have student voice. They feel like they were heard in the in the picture and the their their stories are there. And I'm seeing I'm seeing students communicate with each other, even like grade nines and grade twelves who wouldn't necessarily talk, talking about what they love and these friendships. I, I just, I love it. I have it in a very visible space in the, in the learning commons. I also, as I've talked about on the show before, have a really big white, uh, sorry, interactive television. And I think I'm going to put this on so students can go in with, you know, my, um, my, I have them on rolling carts instead of on shelves. And I'm going to put that in front of my interactive TV and have them see this to see, okay, well, what is manga and what can we do? And, that sort of stuff. It, it, it's really cool. It's totally worth it, especially if you have students who are into manga and you want them to explore the history of it. And for our final share today, I, of course, have to share something about Wordle because I've been sharing about Wordle for months now. So I have a, a new way to play Wordle. It's called Caloodle. 
colloidal. For anyone who cares, by the way, I'm on like a crazy streak of getting wordle in four. I think for the last two weeks, every day I've got it in four. So now I really want to break that and get it in three. But I was going through sixes. So that, that was that was stressful. Four is good. Anyway, colloidal is uh, colloidal.socialhour.com. And it allows you to play Wordle collaboratively. You can invite up to seven friends. Uh, you use your team to solve a daily puzzle. And there's a new puzzle every day. Why do I like this? A, because I think it's a lot of fun to play Wordle. And B, this would be a great team building activity uh, inside a classroom, right? Break students into groups and say, okay, let's see who can solve it the best. And, and have them talk through instead of you just be like, oh, what could it be? We could see different strategies of thought on how people solve these problems. And I think that gives us insight not only to help us play Wordle on our own, but also onto how we think. And being able to see the thought process of other people, even in something as simple as Wordle, can really help people increase their problem-solving abilities. And it's certainly a collaborative activity. So Kaloodle is amazing. So there's seven for you. Text to map, charge, uh, charge over the air, freeze, hide, surgif, manga out the box, and Kaloodle. It's a quick one, but I recorded. It's sort of like going to the gym, right? You stop going to the gym for a while. You don't go to the gym. You have, to, you have to keep at it, friends. Keep at it. If anything that you heard here today gave you a moment of aha, you know what to do. You're going to give it a go. We'll see you next time, everyone. Take care. Be well. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.